There are the joyful agains our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of dishes, cooking, and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we could trust this repetition was adding up? What if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe focusing on the agains in God's word and a to-be list over a to-do list is the way to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Hi there. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Again. I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox, and this is brought to you by Entrusted Ministries. Today, I'm joined by the incredible Betsy Corning, the founder and director of Entrusted Ministries and the author of Entrusted with a Child's Heart. And also today, we have Jen Freckman and Emily Deal, two amazing moms who are fully devoted to their children, to the Lord, and love pouring into other moms. Each of these ladies has so much wisdom, and we really hope that you'll be blessed today as you're reminded that every sacrifice you make in your home as you serve your family matters to the Lord. He sees every act of faithfulness, especially when you're pointing your children to him. It all matters. Charles Spurgeon, the infamous pastor, said, You are as much serving God in looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house and making your household a church for God as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. We hope you believe that by the end of this episode. We hope you're encouraged to persevere in joy, knowing that you have an audience of one to please. And make sure you listen to the end for a good laugh. Jen, I know you have such a heart to minister to moms and to make sure that they know that the Lord is delighted in their faithfulness in the home. But this idea is so countercultural right now. So I'm wondering, how do you see that women need to be encouraged in this area? For sure. I think that in today's world, stay-at-home moms might feel a little unseen and living anonymously in their homes with their children. I think even sometimes pastors are neglecting to encourage that stay-at-home mom role, almost out of fear of offending the working mom. And I think that they've kind of lost sight a little bit of that high and holy calling and how sometimes it can feel lonely and it can feel like day in and day out, you're doing this work as unto the Lord and no one notices. And so knowing that we serve a God who sees matters. I'm reminded about a book that I read once by J.C. Ryle. It's in his book, Holiness, and it says, Holiness is the habit of being of one mind with God, the habit of agreeing in God's judgment, hating what he hates and loving what he loves and measuring everything in this world by the standard of his word. And in his word, he talks about how us moms are to be the one at home, busy at home. And so working at home day in, day out, caring for those children's needs. It matters to him, and it's a high and a holy calling, and I don't think that it's a lesser than. I think that it's something that God desires. He knew what he was doing when he put families together. He could have placed us down in this earth without a family, but he didn't. He gave us a mom and a dad and a role for each of them, and he did that for a reason, knowing that they can help us disciple us into who we're supposed to be in the Lord. And that's the role of a parent is to disciple, is to bring that child up into the 
fear and admonition of the Lord and to cultivate in them a heart for the Lord and to teach him and her the the value of his word and what his word says and how to be a good human, <laughs> how to be less of a sinner and to work through those things. And it's a high and holy calling. In Isaiah 40, 11, it says, the Lord helps us. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And that's, that's us moms. He's gently leading us. It's not something that we can do on our own. But we often need that encouragement that we're not doing it alone. Moms get caught up in the mundane and they think that nobody understands how they're feeling, that they're alone in the world, probably because there's not a lot of adults around them when they're doing this magnificent work as unto the Lord with their small children. But I think all of those seemingly trivial, mundane things are so substantial. They're so building into the child, knowing that you're there, that you're a security for them, that you provide for them. You know, we talk in Entrusted so many ways about how your touch is significant in the life of a child, and they really long for it. That little child that sees you come to the nursery to pick them up, you're the one. You are the one. No other mother is going to do at that point. And it's just a really precious thing. And I think that it's just kind of being lost. Mothers feel that what they're doing isn't necessarily so significant, but we know that it is. The Bible tells us that it is. So a verse that's so difficult to understand is 1 Timothy 2, and it is verses 13 and 14. I will just read it here first. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Well, that's a whopper. This is definitely one of those verses that you say, what? Okay, I'm excited to hear you explain this. I know. Yeah, I am. It's something that women struggle with. They might not necessarily understand. Well, we know that that doesn't refer to salvation. It's that the dignity of womanhood is being lifted up. It is saying that the woman's dignity is preserved through the bearing of her children and that she is elevated from the very beginning. She was the first to be deceived. The Lord is saying, I will elevate you in the preserving and the bearing of children and also in the way that you bring them up in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Mm -hmm. So it's a really precious promise of the Lord that we don't have to think of women in one particular way. God has redeemed the view of women. It just doesn't seem to be uh, really apparent in our culture, though, does it? Hmm. No, it not seems at all. that hmm. women have to be highlighted, celebrated, in a, you know, self-celebrated. I'm not saying that we don't celebrate women. Right. We certainly do. We celebrate motherhood. We celebrate daughters. We celebrate all of these things. But there's such a way that it's self-elevation, self-promotion, that we have a difficulty not being celebrated. In fact, that's what the word celebrity comes from, you know, a person that is celebrated. And I feel like I can be celebrated by my family. I can be celebrated by the Lord. When I think of it, as I think of Jesus, and Jen, you made me think of this thought that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't come to be celebrated. He came incognito. Mm -hmm. And I really meditate on that sometimes, that he did what he came to do. He did what the Father called him to do. He surrendered his will. He came humbly, and he did this. 
Now, that's the first coming of Jesus. We know the second coming will be quite different. The whole world will know. Imagine yeah. when he came the first time and he he did so many things for people and they just didn't see it. That will not be the case the second time. The first time he came incognito. And sometimes we feel that way as mothers. But what we can identify with Christ and our service unto him doesn't have to be seen by everybody. It will be recognized by the Lord also. Oh, for sure. I think that that is so sanctifying for us as moms, though, because we we see in our hearts that desire to get that promotion or to get that praise or to have that uh, mother or mother-in-law say to you, well done, good job, you're doing good with that. And when we don't get that and we have children who are running around being their sinful little selves and we're dealing with that day in and day out and we feel ourselves in our hearts being faithful and not seeing the fruit. We don't see it right away. We won't see it for oftentimes, maybe even we won't see it on this earth, but that we are doing this as a service as unto the Lord. And this is our holy and high calling. I'm reminded of a quote in the book by J.R. Miller called Secrets of Happy Home Life. And it says, a mother is one of the holiest secrets of home happiness. God sends many beautiful blessings in this world, but no blessing is richer than that which he bestows in a mother who has learned love's lesson well and has realized something of the meaning of her sacred and high calling. When we moms understand that this is not just babysitting children, but we are actually involved in the spiritual and developmental well-being of our children's souls, that puts it a whole new perspective on Mm -hmm. being a mom and a stay-at-home mom. I know with our family, we decided to homeschool because it gave so many more opportunities for discipleship, so so much more time, as in Deuteronomy 6, about when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you rise up and Mm -hmm. all those things. It was like, oh, we'd have so much more time doing that if they were (laughs) home with us all the time. And so being able to do that it helps you to see that this is a holy calling. This is not just sending them off somewhere where someone can take care of their well-being. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians twelve fifteen. I will most gladly spend and be spent for the sake of your souls. Yes. That's why we do this, for the sake of their souls. I want to spend myself. I want to be spent. At the end of the night, I want to go to bed exhausted, not because I clean the house well or whatever, mm-hmm. work on this earth well. But because of the sake of their souls, I was redirecting their affections towards the Lord day in, day out. I want to be exhausted in that. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. I think in our culture where there's so much instant gratification, it's very hard Mm. to not be tempted by that. My mentor in college had a two-year-old and then a baby, and her husband was the campus minister, and she needed to step back as she was raising her children. And so she put a picture of a cathedral in her kitchen just to remind her that I'm building something. I'm building something that I might never see, just like the builders of the cathedrals. And I thought that was so neat that she had it so prominently placed in her home as that constant reminder, even as she turned the stairs to go change every diaper. She knew this all counts. I love that. There's a quote by J.R.R. Tolkien that says, My own dear mother was a martyr indeed. And it is not to everybody that God grants so easy a way to his great gifts as he did to Hillary and myself, giving us a mother who killed herself with labor and trouble to ensure us keeping the faith. I love that. Mm. 
Absolutely. And though we know that there's no prescription for this, right? Mm -hmm. Every child will someday make a decision. But what a joy to be able to look back and know that we laid it all out there, right? That we left it all on the field, that we left nothing unsaid that we wanted to say, that we took every opportunity. That's even why we call the ministry Entrusted Ministries, because it means held for safekeeping. And we are stewards of those children. They don't really truly belong to us. Yeah. It says in Ezekiel, all souls belong to God. And in that little shape of a little body that we get presented when they're born, mm -hmm. such a wonderful, awesome moment in life. And then we get to train them up to love the Lord and give their lives to him. It's a stewardship. It's like we are really raising them on his behalf. Yeah. Well, how would the king want his children to be raised on his behalf? Mm -hmm. That's so good. It's such a wonderful responsibility, but it gives you a, a joy in doing it. Like, the Lord, you're with me in this. You see me when I stick my head in the dryer. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> you know what I like about doing laundry is because my thoughts get to be my own. I look at my husband and he has to go to work and he has to talk to people about all these different things and different clients and different numbers and all this. And I think, you know what? I get to think about the Lord. Mm -hmm. I get to think about a Bible verse. I get to, you know, really concentrate and dwell on what's holy, right, pure, perfect. Yes. And what I'm dealing with and, and what I'm making for lunch and all that for the kids. But it's more your own mm -hmm. thoughts that you get and you get to bring your thoughts captive to the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Emily, I know we've talked a little bit about homeschool here, but I truly respect you for how intentional you are with your children when they're home. You really know their needs and you're available to meet them. And we're not trying to paint a one-size-fits-all here. We don't think homeschooling is the only way for discipleship. We think that the Lord calls us to many things. And so can you speak to that a little bit about what it looks like in your home for you to be faithful in your parenting? It looks like being very intentional for us. As Jen was reading the quotes about being holy, they're so sweet. And I think as a young mom, that word really scared me. Being mm. holy is something so unattainable, and it's left for the Lord only. But but as I've grown in the Lord and sanctification, He has shown me that holy doesn't have to be hard, and it doesn't have to be unattainable. It's something that we're daily striving towards in our homes for him. And I was also thinking as we pour into our children, our girls are watching. And as we model this, so will they also model for their children. So being intentional in our home and pouring into our kids, it matters every moment that we're folding the laundry, doing the dishes. It all counts, and the Lord will sanctify it and make it good for his glory. That's funny that you said that you often felt like you could think th your thoughts. There are so many times <laughs> in the day where I am like, I just want to think my own thoughts. Yes. I'm thinking so much for you. There's a quote by Sophia Loren that says, when you are a mother, you are never really alone in your thoughts. A mother <laughs> always has to think twice, once for herself and once for her child. Yes. So I feel like at times I... I, but that's why I think it's so important that as moms, we get away to have a quiet time of our own, mm -hmm. that we put a high and holy priority on spending time alone mm -hmm. with the Lord to be able to hear those thoughts, to be able to stop and think and be like, 
what are you speaking to me about, Lord? How can I train up this child? What is it in my own life that you see that is not bringing you glory? Mm -hmm. And so being in the word every single day and hearing what he has for that day, for that moment for me has been so important because I feel like sometimes those thoughts, I'm like, I don't even know what I think. Yes. My husband says, the world will give you its thoughts constantly. And so we have to get alone like Jesus did and have our thoughts be his thoughts. So maybe that's why I stuck my head in the dryer. Because there is no place in the house you can go where they can't try and find you. And especially when you think you're going to run to the restroom for 10 seconds. Yes, they always find you. I know. I think it's so funny when in Entrusted, when you talk about the best 15 minutes of the day, my kids, all four of them, it's the moment I need a load. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mom's not here right now. I think I'll find her. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I do think it's so hard. It's actually quite impossible to pour from an empty vessel. Mm. And so when we're not taking time away, we can't pour what we need to in our children. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that means for you, your, of course, your devotion time and your Bible time, but also, you know, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? What friends are you listening as they pour into you? Who surrounds you? Who are your children's friends? It all matters. Mm-hmm. And all of that disciples us. Our calendars disciple us mm-hmm. because what we make time for is what we grow in. So it all matters. Hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sure that there are some moms out there saying, I'm called to work or or I am working right now. And and we obviously would leave that up to you and the Lord, whether that's really mm-hmm. something the Lord's put on your heart or whether that's a choice that you've chosen. And so we trust you to work that out in your own home. I know for me personally, part of me being faithful to my family and to the Lord is to take on part of a provider role right now. My children are getting a little bit older, and I continue to homeschool them so that the discipleship role is still a key area that I'm involved in in their lives. But I think when we really let the Lord order our days, it's amazing how our to-do list becomes His to-do list. And you can start out being so overwhelmed and thinking, how can I pour into my children when I have this much to do? But if we're really doing what the Lord's called us to, I think it's amazing how He provides teachable moments, those silver platter moments, and you can really have their heart regardless of your circumstance because you know that whatever the Lord has called you to, he will provide for what's truly important and on his heart. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, that's not quite my situation right now, we just would ask you to prayerfully seek the Lord about how to order your days. I love in Psalms that it says, teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I really believe that's available to each one of us, regardless of the situation. God is so faithful to meet us where we're at and to help us invest in our children. I'd also like to jump in and go back to a thought that we mentioned earlier. Stephanie and Jen talked beautifully about their choice for homeschool and discipleship. And whatever route you choose to educate your child, you need to always understand that education is discipleship. They're they're in the institution, whether it's at home or at school, and they are being taught and discipled, whatever is being put into them daily. So you don't surrender discipleship to the school that they go to, whatever your school choice is. We do have our children in a Christian school, and it is a phenomenal school. We love we love it. However, we aren't leaving the discipleship at the door of 
the Christian institution. We're bringing it home and we're asking them what they're learning in school and what they're being taught, what curriculum is being used, and asking them to explain it in their own words so that we can talk through that, whatever they're learning, we can talk through it together. My daughter came home one day and she said, Mom, we're studying the book of Revelation. And it says in Revelation that we won't just be sitting in our mansion, we will be worshiping all day long. Mm -hmm. And what an incredible opportunity then to just talk about it. And so we often miss the discipleship moments because we're too busy going to the next thing and doing the laundry mm -hmm. and putting the meal on, on the stove. And so the opportunities for discipleship are all around us. But I have loved this thought that education is discipleship and that we choose what is poured into our children daily. Yeah, that's a great word. And it's neat to see how the Lord makes disciples. He's so faithful to take children from every path, right? And I'm sure sitting at this table, we've all had different experiences, and it's neat to see the faithfulness of God as you look back over your life. So we understand yes. that he certainly calls us to many different things. In Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Mm. So what an honor we have to really serve our Lord with each apple you cut, each shoe you tie, each diaper you change. We have so many opportunities to show the Lord honor. And, you know, I was struck recently. I was studying in First John and how many times we are commanded to love one another, love one another. Like, <laughs> Lord, am I loving you? Not if I'm not loving others. And I was really struck by the fact that it so frequently says to love others because by loving others, we are loving God. And it very infrequently commands us to love God. So we know that that is the greatest commandment, to love God, right? And that it says it often in the Old Testament, and that Jesus again quoted it in the Gospels. But I was really amazed by the fact that that command is not repeated very much after we have Christ's example. And so I thought, you know, once we see the love of Jesus on display on the cross and how he loved on this earth, we don't have to be commanded to do it as much because it's such a delight and honor to serve this Savior who went before us by serving. And I think if his service and his selflessness continues to be our model for how we serve our children, we will overflow with that delight in it instead of this hunger for affirmation in it. Mm -hmm. We won't be looking at our children as walking progress reports. Mm -hmm. Please tell me, am I doing a good job? Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll feel good about it when they graduate high school. Maybe I'll feel good about it when, you know, they start to read or ride a bike. Then I'll feel good about what I've done. That's not what we're to do. We can go to sleep knowing we've done our best. Hmm. And I'm talking to myself right now, just so you know. We can go to sleep knowing that we laid it all out there and trusting the Lord that we're faithful to do our part, but he's faithful to do so much more with it. Hmm. And so we don't need to be looking to our children either to, to give us that affirmation. Yeah, for sure. And I think even it's interesting because you were talking about love and, and loving others. And he asked the question, do you love me? And he, well, yes, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep, tend my lambs. The way that we can show him we love him is by 
bringing up that next generation and tending to his flock and tending to them and loving them and showing others the love. I think that was beautiful. We hope that you feel valued, encouraged, and renewed that your sacrifices and your service in your home truly matter to the Lord. This is just part one of the pep talk. Next week, we're going to return and we're going to dig into a couple passages of scripture that show just how much our against matter. And just in case we came across a little bit too serious today, we've put one of our favorite outtakes from recording at the end of the episode. Enjoy. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians 1, 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again. All right, Emily, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Well, coffee in the morning, because it's very necessary. (laughs) And I find myself drinking tea more in the winter. So I guess I'm a seasonal drinker.